Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. The sun was setting in the restless city of Jericho as excitement and celebration filled the air. Many remembering what it used to be like, others wondering with anticipation. Those that were in the city can now not only hear the shouts of worship and praise, but they see the joyful caravan in the far off distance approaching the city of Jericho. It had been three months since their last attempt to bring it back. And the death of Uzzah, he reached out his hand to try to steady it. But what's three more months when it's already been 50 years? Hands are sweaty and shoulders are tired. It's been a long journey and an even longer wait for this moment. The ark being carried on the cart, pulled by the oxen, it didn't work. So now the priests bear the weight of that which the Lord has asked them to carry upon their shoulders. Every six steps, one, two, three, four, five, six. A moment of reprieve as they're able to set it to the ground and offer sacrifices and worship to the Lord. Instructed to keep doing so, there's their leader, David, dancing around in his linen ephod, with exuberant worship before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Ark of the Lord has finally returned. Flags were waving, trumpets were blowing. As they crossed into the city, the celebration turns to an all-out party. Everyone pours out of their homes into the streets just to get a glimpse of the Ark and to take part in the festivities. Everyone except for one. Michael, David's wife, her soul heavy, glaring into the streets, she chooses to stay at home and peering through a window with hatred and spite in her heart towards her husband for the way he's dancing and celebrating with the commoners. She made a choice. She chose to stay at home. She chose not to worship. Singing is heard and shouts that the presence of the Lord has returned to Israel. Glory to God. God has returned to our city. At a time when little children were going to bed, they're actually out in the streets now dancing and singing with their parents. There would be no sleep in the city of Jericho tonight. David continues the celebration as he offers worship before the Lord and more sacrifices and even begins to create a a festival as he offers food to everyone in the city. This would be a moment they would never, ever forget. David now hurries home anxious to greet his wife and to bless his own household. The thoughts of his journey and and the exciting stories that he would tell everyone are rudely interrupted. 
His wife, angry and distraught, meets him at the door. Her outrage could be heard throughout the whole entire palace. David, you made a fool out of yourself today. Dancing in your ephod. Treating yourself like a commoner in front of all these people. You, David, made a fool out of yourself. Stunned, saddened, and taken back. David looks at her intently and simply says, I will become even more undignified in worship than this because God deserves my all and my best. And from that moment, the moment that Michael decided to stay at home, From that moment, the moment that Michael chose not to worship and engage the presence of God, from that moment, she became barren and had no children to the day of her death. God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that your word is is awesome. God, your word is amazing. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd help me communicate. God, as we conclude this series on vertical, God, as we conclude this series on worship, Lord, I pray you'd help me communicate the heart of this message to this awesome church. And lives would be transformed. People would come into a deeper relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. We have been in our series entitled Vertical. And we've been looking at how most of us live our life horizontally. We live our life with our eyes fixed on horizontal blessings or horizontal goals. And the problem with living horizontally is simply this, is that as we go towards the horizon, obstacles can pop up in our way. Just like in the natural, there could be hills, valleys, trees, mountains, whatever it might be. If we live our life horizontally, Relational issues seem to get in the way. Financial difficulty can get in the way. Dreams that that maybe you had, they die, and now that's in the way. But we've come to realize something over the last several weeks is that God doesn't want us to live our life horizontally. He wants to live our life vertically. And vertical living means a life of worship and a life of praise. Eyes that are not fixed somewhere out there, but eyes that are fixed upon the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as we turn our eyes upon Jesus, the things of earth really do grow strangely dim. Many of you at the beginning of this series wrote down on a card, here are some obstacles that are in my way. Here's some things that I'm believing for that God's gonna do in my life over the next four weeks as I begin to live vertically. On day one of our series, we talked about how vertical living isn't just an event It's not just what happens in a moment like we had this morning as we worshiped and praised, but it's a lifestyle. God wants us to live our life vertically, live a life of worship. But over the last several weeks, we looked at the power of actually singing praise and worshiping God. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love will eat of its fruit. There's something so powerful about the praise and the words and the heart of worship. And so we looked about how, how worship, out of Second Chronicles 20, worship wins the battle. That if we, if we want to win the battle, we need to get some worship out in front of the war. 
and we do that, and we can stand still and see the salvation of our God. It's been a great series, hasn't it? Last week, we looked at Acts chapter 16 and, and how worship breaks the chains that have us bound. And I've been getting so much feedback on, on literally every single one of these messages, both how it's impacted them and, and results they've already seen in their lives as they begin to shift their focus vertical. And that's what we want. We want to, we want to shift our focus vertically. Today, I want to talk to you just in the next few moments, because I'm excited about some baptisms today. I want to talk to you in the next few moments to that living vertical, a life of worship, it brings forth results. Here we see in 2 Samuel chapter 6 that no worship such as what happened in Michael, she chose to stay back. She chose not to engage herself in the worship. Psalm 100 says that we enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Here is the ark of the Lord after 50 years returning to its rightful spot. What an awesome thing. And yet, for one, the presence of God never enters into her life. Why? Because she didn't worship. And the no worship experience by Michael left her barren with no children till the day of her death. Now, you're here today, and, and you know, especially if you're a guy, you're, you're hopefully not pregnant. And so here with, with Michael's circumstance and situation, it was a natural barrenness. And being barren in the Old Testament was like the ultimate judgment. That's the way the Jews looked at it. You're barren, you can't have a child. Man, you must have done something really bad. Old Testament. That's the way it was looked at. Her no worship left her barrenness. So you're here today and... For you, though, it's not natural barrenness, but I, I want to ask you this question. What area in your life is barren? What hopes, expectations, dreams have you had? It, it's not happening. Nothing's being birthed. It doesn't seem to be coming to pass. A relationship, a business idea, a ministry plan, finishing school. Whatever it might be, what area in your life are you barren? I believe that God is calling you to worship over that area, to worship in that area, to get your eyes off of it and begin to get your eyes vertical. And as you do, I believe results will come forth. No worship equaled barrenness. Think about what your worship will bring forth as you begin to worship in different areas of your life. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. Isaiah As you read the story in 2 Samuel 6, it's such an exciting moment that the presence of God after 50 years is returning. And see, as you read the story, you could look at Michael and you can judge her. 
And, and the reality is you look at that and you think, no one wants to be a Michael, right? No one wants to be that person in the story. But how many times in this journey do we come to obstacles in our life and rather than focusing on God and worship and believing for the breakthrough, do we begin to live our life directed by our circumstances? God wants us to worship over those areas that seem barren. Isaiah 54, one through three. And it reads, sing, O barren one, who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and will be people the desolate cities. Wow. Think about that. The very thing that caused Michael to be barren was no worship. And yet here in Isaiah 54, the word of the Lord out of Isaiah's mouth comes to the people and says, hey, if you're barren, guess what? It's time to worship. Because the very thing Michael didn't do caused her to be barren. The very thing you begin to do, worship God, will take that barren area in your life and begin to produce fruit. That to me is exciting. I don't know about you. See, let's be honest. The Bible says who, could, who by worrying can add one cubit to their stature? Apparently, I did not worry as a child. <laughs> worry was not my issue. Okay? Case in point, I, I proved out the scripture. Worrying about something doesn't get you anywhere. Worrying about your, your obstacle, worrying about the, the thing that you're coming up against, worrying about that barren area in your life, whatever it might be. Listen, what you need to do is get your eyes off that and your eyes on him. Sing, oh, barren one. Listen to the picture that's painted in Isaiah 54. Listen to how horrible the picture is. Here's the words that are used. Barren, desolate, and unoccupied. Barren, desolate, and unoccupied. These are the words used in Isaiah 54. What does the word barren mean? It means not producing or incapable of producing offspring. Unproductive, unfruitful. Now once again, don't, don't just think of it in natural terms, but what is God speaking to us today? What areas of your life do you feel barren? What areas of your life is there some unproductive? productivity, some unfruitfulness. What areas? This is the picture that's painted. It's barren. The second word used, desolate. What does the word desolate mean? It means to be barren, laid to waste, and devastated. Barren, laid waste, and devastated. What dreams in your life are, are laid waste? What promises seem devastated? Unoccupied. Without occupants 
empty, vacant. This is the picture of Isaiah 54. It's barren, it's desolate, and it's unoccupied. Uh, You don't have to raise your hand, but think about it for a minute. How many of you guys have felt that before in some area of your life? Whatever it might be, and your, your, your mind can just start to think right now. Where have you felt barren? Where have you felt desolate? What, what, what things have you put out there before God that still don't feel occupied? And here is the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah to the nation. If you feel barren, if you feel desolate, if you feel unoccupied, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sing, oh, barren one. It's really good, but we hate to hear that. Don't we? If we're to be honest. Let's just be, let's just be real for a minute. Now, think about the most devastating situation you've ever been in. Think about the most barren moment of your life. Think about the unoccupied dream that you've had since maybe you were little. Think about maybe, maybe you come from a charismatic background and you've, you've been in some churches where they give uh, uh, prophecies over people. You're like, man, that's really good, right? How many of you guys ever received a prophetic word over your life before? If you've come from that movement, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. And yet you look at your life and you don't see it at all. And God comes and says this, hey, I want you to sing. I want you to shout joyfully. I want you to be really happy. But I'm not, because I don't see it. I'm barren, it's not there. How can I be happy? It's unoccupied, it's, it, there's nothing, it's, not, it's non-existent. It's devastated. It got crushed. I set out and I tried to fulfill that marriage and I tried to fulfill that dream and I, and I tried to do this and I tried and I'm devastated. It just doesn't feel right. And yet, God, you want me to do the very thing that I don't feel like doing? Yes. That's what the word of the Lord is. Don't you just want to hate the God you love sometimes? Or am I the only one? <laughs> I mean, sometimes I just, are you serious? I mean, think about the New Testament. Bless those that curse you? Mm-mm. <laughs> no. Love those that hate you? What? No, I'm going to hire somebody else to hate them back for me then. Does that work? not I'll ask for forgiveness later right if you get smacked upside the head give them the other side of your face Mm. we're all on the same page now you know what I'm talking about right okay just want to make sure we're there (laughs) because In the very area that you're barren, in the very area that is unoccupied, in the very area you feel feel devastated, in the very area that you just want to forget and get over it and and not even think about, here's what I want you to do. I want you to worship as if it's already taken place. I want you to sing joyfully as if you're walking in it right now. Oh, it's quiet. (laughs) 
Okay? There's a reason for you singles why it's called e-harmony. Just saying. Harmony, sing joyfully, single, no longer, okay? That was a good one, huh? Write that one down, it just came to me. I want to remember that for another time. Stop complaining about your singing this and jump on eHarmony. Find somebody. If you can't find him in the church, I couldn't find one in the church. My wife's raising her eyebrows like, you better not go there, but I'm going to go there. <laughs> no, seriously. Look, Canvas is growing. I believe more people are coming. If you would show up more often, there would be more attractive single people here. You would have more options, and then you wouldn't have to go to eHarmony. But can I just say this? Because I'm just going to say it. Because there's a lot of churches and a lot of pastors and a lot of people that have knocked those dating websites, okay? And I'll be honest with you, I don't see anything wrong with it. Someone just breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> okay? Because here's the reality. Everybody meets through an introduction. That introduction can be church. That introduction can be a coffee shop. That introduction could be a website. Think about where you spend most of your time. On the web. Right? I mean, even if you're at the coffee shop, you're still on the web at the coffee shop. <laughs> even if you're at church. Come on, I see you scrolling right now. I, see, I can see the light from your phone hitting you in the face. You try to tell me you're looking at your Bible. I know. I know. But that, see, you think that camera right there is behind you because it's our live feed? It's actually scanning the audience to see which ones are actually paying attention in the service. Mm-hmm. Anyway, eHarmony, check it out. <laughs> Sorry. In the very area that you're devastated, that you're barren, the Bible comes and tells us to do one thing we don't really feel like doing. But if we don't do it, we are no different than Michael. Because the presence of the Lord wants to come into your life. The presence of the Lord wants to come into that devastated area, wants to come into that unoccupied area, wants to come into that barren area. Just like the ark of the, of the Lord was returning to the city of, uh, of Jerusalem, so now God wants to come in and he wants to occupy every area of your life, even the area which you feel devastated. But the only thing that's keeping him at bay is the same thing that kept him at bay in Michael's life is that you are not worshiping over that area in your life. Sing, oh, barren one. It's devastated, it's barren, it's unoccupied, and you got to do one thing. What's that? Shout joyfully, sing, worship, praise him. What does it mean to sing? Here's the answer to the devastating picture painted in Isaiah 4, uh, 54. Sing, oh, Barren one, sing to call loudly, shrilly, I'm not sure what that sounds like, to rejoice, to exalt. Wow. 
So I'm going to rejoice, but wait a second, I don't want to rejoice because I don't see it yet and it's not happening and I feel devastated and barren and unoccupied and I've been really believing God for this for a long time and, and, and here, here, here's the answer, sing, O barren one, shout joyfully. In other words, begin to worship right now as if it's already taken place. And then the presence of the Lord will come in and occupy and bring forth results. Think about this for a minute. In, 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 in maybe even the, the simplest areas of your life. How many businessmen do I have out there? Any businessmen out there? A few, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, okay. We think about you business people, right? Businessmen, businesswomen. And, 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 and you're not getting the result. You're not seeing you know, the productivity, it's not there. Could you imagine going into your next business meeting, pulling out your business plan, all your employees are around, and you look at them, and you're like, I love you, Lord. You're amazing. You're awesome. I love you. Still not there? Okay. God, you're awesome. You're holy. You're wonderful. You're so good. That was the shrilly part. Come on. You got to get it in there somewhere. And all of a sudden, someone's like, I got an idea. What's that? And then they might just do it to get you to shut up, but they're going to have an idea, right? What about in your marriage? I mean, could you, you imagine the next time you and your spouse are having a discussion? Right? And you're discussing things, and you just look at your spouse, and you're like, God, you're so good. You're so awesome and holy. I do this sometimes. My wife's just like. Until it breaks into a duet. Come on, somebody. And then there's some real e-harmony going on. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Can you imagine? The next time you're, you're, you're at the coffee shop and you're, and you're working on your budget, balancing your checkbook. I just heard some, huh, what? What's, what's balance? What's budget? Financial peace, that's right. Financial peace. Just, okay. Can you imagine you're in the coffee shop and, and it's not lining up, not making sense? You just stand up at your table. Not on your table, okay, but you stand up at your table and you just look around and you're like, you're so good, God. Sorry, it's the coffee. You can blame it on the coffee, right? All of a sudden answers start to come. Maybe, maybe just try with the simple areas first and see what happens. And worship over those areas in your life that you feel devastated, that you feel barren, that you feel unoccupied. The picture of Isaiah 54, barren, 
desolate, unoccupied. Some of you, the picture of your dream, the picture of your marriage, the picture of your business, the picture of your life, the picture of the ministry that you thought would happen, it is barren, desolate, and unoccupied. And the word of the Lord would come to you today to say, get your eyes off of the horizon and begin to get your eyes vertical and begin to sing, O barren one. Begin to sing, begin to create something as you begin to worship the King of kings and the Lord of of lords what area in your life do you feel barren today what area of your life is unoccupied today see some of you are here and you've written it off already tried that i'm just gonna set it to the side it didn't happen Tried the relationship thing, tried the marriage thing, tried the finance thing, tried the business thing, tried the church thing. Tried the doctors, but my health doesn't seem to be getting any better. Sing, O barren one. Begin to dance as if it's taking place right now. I love what David did every six steps a long journey was made even longer because here's what we're going to do we tried we tried to do it our way you see ladies and gentlemen back in the old testament the ark of the covenant was representative of the presence of the lord And the ark had poles on either side. And so when they would move from place to place, the instruction was this. I want the shoulders of the priests to bear the weight of it. And they had to carry that thing everywhere they went. But the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the Lord, which was, which was captured by the Philistines, taken away from Jerusalem, taken away from the people of God. Fifty years had gone by. And I don't know if somewhere in those 50 years they forgot the command of the Lord that says, hey, it's got to be on the shoulders of the priests. But three months prior to the story you heard today, they went to the house of Obed-Edom where the ark had landed because they heard how much blessings and things were taking place. And they go and they get the ark. And the Bible says they, they put it on a cart. They begin to do something God never intended. And only the priests were allowed to carry it. But they put it on an ark, and as they're making their way back, the oxen stumble, and the cart gets uneasy, and it begins to fall, and a guy named Uzzah stretches out his hand to try to help. To try to help, make sure the ark doesn't hit the ground. But because only the priests could carry it, the minute Uzzah touches it, he dies. It started off because they were 
doing something they were never intended to do. And it finished with one man entering in and trying to help God out. David gets angry and leaves it. Three months go by. See, I believe there's some of you here today that it's been a long time since you felt the presence of God, been in the presence of God. For some of you here, you're doing something God never intended you to do. It's just like when they put the Ark of the Covenant on the cart. Some of you, you're in here and you're trying to help God out. God doesn't need your help. He needs your praise. He needs your worship. So now three months go by and David says, okay, here's what we're going to do. Priests, you guys are carrying it. And every six steps, could you imagine? Every six steps. They set it down, they sacrifice an animal, and they worship the Lord. What what does that tell me? That tells me, ladies and gentlemen, if you've gone more than six steps in your day without praising God, wow. There's something so powerful about worship. There's something so powerful about praise. There's something so powerful about vertical living. Oh, it might have taken them a little longer to get there because they stopped every six paces to worship and praise, but they got there. See, some some, some people are so busy in life that they don't take time to stop and get back vertical. They don't take time to stop in the morning or at night to get into the Word, to worship. They don't even take time to come to church on a Sunday because life's busy. There's so much to do and my business that. And man, I got to spend time doing this and I got to spend time here. And man, I really need to meet with this person and meet with those people. Yeah, it might take some time out of your day. But if you would stop and worship... You're going to get there. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. One of my old mentors, one of the, one of the greatest heroes in the faith that I know, he, he would lead his staff times. Their staff times would be about three hours long. And about two hours and 59 minutes of that would be worship, praise, and prayer. One time, one of the staff members said, Pastor, we got so much on our plate. We don't have time for this. And his reply was, we have so much on our plate. We need to take time for this. What about you? What's going on in your life? Where do you feel barren? Where do you feel desolate? Where do you feel unoccupied? Where do you feel like things, man, there's just so much going on. There's just so much happening. There's so much going on and so much happening. They just need to shove it to the side and worship. God, we thank you for your word today.
Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.